0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because today the PodVentures get to assemble once more. She's an expert at distilling the insights and highlights of all the latest MCU projects and the fantastic host of There Was an Idea. We may owe her an apology for today's impossible task, but more importantly, we're delighted to welcome Tara back to the podcast. Welcome back, TK. Welcome.
1: Hi, Trey and Jude. Thank you so much for having me on the show again. And this is such, we were just talking about it. This is such a fun challenge to have to choose Five scenes from the MCU this year, it feels almost impossible, but just the the whole process of thinking through it again and revisiting some favorite scenes from the year was just so delightful. So I'm I'm so excited to do this with you guys.
0: Super excited. I'm so glad you could join. (laughs) Yeah. Like
2: I was saying, I was just nervous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I... I've taken some inspirations from one of my favorite podcasts where they do like their top five favorite games of the year. And the thing that always makes it so exciting is that most places do top tens and to distill mm-hmm. it down to just five makes it that much harder. And I'm I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. I'm, I'm wondering how much overlap we'll have as well as how diverse these may end up being as well. But More importantly, uh, for those who are unaware, you run the podcast There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, If people are not familiar, uh, normally you cover the shows that happen to be running as as well as the movies. It's going to be a while before we have anything new in the MCU. So what's on the docket for There Was an Idea?
1: Yeah, so when this episode of your show drops, my episode on... My 2021 MCU Year in Review episode will be out and that was really fun. I didn't distill it to five scenes like we're doing here, but I did choose a few categories for some superlatives. So I had on uh, Ellie from Oh Shoot, who I know has been on your show before, as well as Sean from The Caption Life, who I know is uh, kind of in our circle of, of podcast friends. I don't know if you guys have had the chance to work with him yet um but they came on and we talked about some superlatives for 2021 our rookie of the year our mvp best quote best dressed things like that so that was a fun approach to thinking about the you know reflecting on the past year in the mcu as well so look out for that and i'm also going to be doing an episode this month on my top 20 favorite films of 2021 overall so both mcu films and non-mcu films which is a little bit of a departure for me but i'm looking forward to branching out a little bit and uh, sharing some recommendations about things that i really enjoy that are not necessarily mcu and i will also be doing a hawkeye series retrospective and an eternals deep dive analysis with friend Daniel coming up later in January as well. So some exciting things looking back a little bit uh, before then looking ahead to what the MCU will bring us in the rest of 2022.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you said yet for Sean, because we he's in the works. <laughs>
0: awesome. And You know, I want to say, you you talked about this recent episode that just came out. There's been this funny timing that every time we've had you on, it happens to be the day you release an episode, and so I haven't gotten to listen to it yet, but I'm very, look, very much looking forward to it, because as evident in the drafts that we've done together with you, and in the way you just described your superlative uh, categories, I love the different and creative. Of ways you come up with those superlative names, so very mm-hmm. lo- much looking forward to that.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing your picks as well when you do listen to the episode, because it was cool to see how there, just like you were saying before, Trey, there were some you know, particular characters or moments where the three of us, myself, myself Sean and Ellie, were all kind of of the same mind of, about certain standouts, and then there were some where we had vastly different responses, so it's always kind of cool to see what stands out for certain people and what patterns emerge kind of among all of us as viewers and fans uh, versus more of that personal taste element. So it's uh, it was super fun.
0: And of course, if you are not already, you should definitely be subscribed to Tara's podcast. There was an idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast on most podcast platforms, as well as following them on social media at an idea underscore podcast, both on Twitter and Instagram. Very much worth the follow. But of course, if you downloaded this episode, then you know we are gonna be discussing the best Marvel scenes of 2021. Now, the way we're gonna do this is we're gonna take some moments for some brief overall thoughts of the year with the MCU before jumping into the spoiler zone to discuss our personal top five scenes from those same entries. So, starting with you, Tara, what did you think about 2021 overall?
1: Oof, well, when I sat down with Sean and Ellie, actually, I I wasn't sure what to say about this. So I kind of posed it to them uh, first and <laughs> asking them about, you know, what, what are the qualities that stand out about the MCU in 2021? And there were a few things that emerged out of that discussion about uh, some trends that we're seeing in where the MCU is going. And uh, certainly in some of the standout installments that were released this year that I, I don't think people are going to forget about anytime soon, whether that be for breaking records in a really uh positive way like let's say Spider-Man No Way Home and shattering pandemic box office box office records uh, among others uh and then you have on the other end of things a film like Eternals making headlines for having the first ever rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes for an MCU film you know for whatever that's worth to anybody who that may be worth something to but you know it was part of the discourse around that movie so we we have that and for me though, you know, what I'm always looking at is conceptually, in terms of the big ideas, in terms of the there was an idea about uh, what is 2021 saying. And for me, looking at the installments that we saw this year, I'm, I'm looking at this concept of legacy, this bridge storytelling of connecting the Infinity Saga and old favorite characters with the new kind of leading us into whatever our next big destination is going to be, whether that is going to be a uh, a new big bad villain along the lines of Thanos, whether that's going to be the multiverse uh, opening up further, and what that's going to look like. I really see 2021 as this bridge. And I um, was really interested in seeing what this year had to say about our heroes' identity stories, because that's something mm-hmm. that I'm always really interested, interested in as well and this was a big year for characters coming face to face with themselves uh certainly metaphorically and uh also sometimes literally in the case of, of <laughs> some of our heroes so i thought that was a really cool cool trend that emerged as well
2: yes i i say i like that you bring that up cuz it's man like going all the way back to wandavision through that's it's it seems like the big villains have been this conceptual idea or f- feeling or emotion um less than just a simple person and and that that's like you said forced these characters to take a really hard look in the mirror yeah
0: and, and i like the way you have described it as a bridge from the infinity saga to where they want to go next Um, because if I, you know, jumping in here with what I felt about the year overall, it really feels like an ambitious step forward for the MCU, because I think the standout for the year is Disney plus, because that is the new arena in which they are working with. Like they've already got the movies down to a science and there's never been a, a doubt with that when it comes to what they're doing, but the strides that they have made with the entries of the TV show side of things, it, it, it's it's hard to say where exactly that's going to fit all together, because I don't think we've quite seen an integration to the movies yet, although I have a feeling that's coming this year. But the first step of the Disney shows being as good as they've been th- that year, um, it's it's felt incredibly ambitious, and I'm excited for what they have coming.
1: Yeah, thinking about Disney+, Plus, I think that is also going to be an unforgettable uh, distinguishing factor about 2021 in the MCU because that experience of being able to follow the installments in week-to-week releases generated so much conversation and as we know speculation and prediction and uh, a sense of community at a time when during the pandemic I think that felt very resonant um and I, I Definitely think that that is always going to be part of the conversation when we look back on 2021 and when we evaluate the success of the Disney Plus side of the MCU. I think that, as you said, Trey, it's it's, it's bold, it's risky to um, change up the style of storytelling and then to try to interweave that style with what they've already done so well for so many years. And you know, so far, in my opinion, I think it has been really effective. So one of the things that I'm, I'm
2: curious about is, do you feel like... Um and I'll just say right I don't think it, it has for me the covid had kind of a negative impact on 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 the on the viewing order and in the, in the change or do you think that actually helped it I know for me because
0: originally Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the, mm-hmm. supposed to be the first Disney Plus show and I think that would have been after Black Widow Right I think, and this is where my own bias is coming in. I think the fact that COVID did shake up the schedule and WandaVision was the first thing to come out of Marvel Studios, not just on Disney Plus, but just overall from the movies or the TV shows, I think has cemented such a solid re-entry after having such a long hiatus because of the unfortunate delays with with COVID that I don't know if that would have been as big of a, a shockwave across the the internet whenever Wandavision started, if it would have been Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because Wandavision captured everybody. Like even people who weren't into the MCU, everybody was talking about that show. Um so I, I think I think yeah that the the rescheduling of the release has um, made a huge difference with the original plan.
1: I can't imagine Wandavision not having been the first Disney plus show. Uh, I think, in terms of the reception of Black Widow, I, th- I think, and y- y- y'all know how kind of protective I am over that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You>? <laughs> um, so I I think that it it certainly suffered not only from the many delays and the fact that as many people many people understandably believe that the character should have had her own standalone film much earlier, and I agree with that as well. I don't think it harms this film in the same way that others do. But in addition to the delays, I do think the shift in Black Widow's placement, I it, I think it suffered for it a little bit. I think the impact of it, the reception of it, suffered a little bit. I think also the simultaneous theatrical and Disney Plus release, it, it suffered from. Um, so that is something that looking back on it, I, I, I kind of wish went a little bit differently for that movie. But I... 100% agree with everything that Trey says in terms of the Disney plus side of things like it I cannot imagine it being anything other than WandaVision because it was just so perfect that Wanda that WandaVision was that love letter to TV and really played with the serialized format so well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you on on both the counts, the WandaVision and the Black Widow. You know, it was just such a fantastic way uh to kick it off. Now, I know Trey would, would um, you know, he held back a little bit. I think he wanted what if to be first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just get that, it out of just get it out of the way. And-
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, it would have been like a nice little 24 <laughs> to 28 minute morsel of MCU to start out after having <laughs> nothing for so long. would have been a great way to ease into it. <laughs> well, With that being said, uh, I think that's a good overview of how we thought about the MCU in 2021, and I think it's time to jump into the spoiler zone so we can talk about our top five scenes of 2021. So like we said, you're going to hear an audio cue, and on the other side, it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU. Normally, we do talk about exemptions, but since this is going to be covering everything that came out in 2021, you should expect spoilers for everything. So, with that being said, we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. All right. We have five TV shows, four movies, a total of nine projects. We have to pick the five best scenes from these entries. And Tara, (laughs) again.
2: (laughs) See, you just made it worse. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it's part of my job. I got to hype this up a bit. (laughs) I'm
2: going to call a
0: lifeline. (laughs) (laughs) Tara, I am so sorry, but to throw to you first, what is your number five top scene in 2021?
1: All right. So I mentioned before we started recording that coming into this discussion tonight, I had six on my final list. And so I am going to cut number six for now. And I'll I'll mention it in a little bit as an honorable mention. It was really tough. And even just thinking about choosing scenes for me, and I was texting you guys about this earlier today, I was like, oh, do I go with the thinking part of my brain? Or do I go with like, my feelings, right? Am I going with the scenes that, upon reflection, upon rewatch, feel like they say something that connects to these overarching themes of 2021 in the MCU? Or do I go with things that just really, in the moment, felt really uh, strong, right? Like um I was talking with Sean the other night for, for my episode, and he was choosing, uh, we did our top favorite scene on that episode. So I've had to choose one already um, (laughs) and stick to that one. But one of the things that he was talking about in in choosing his scene was that he was going with like the visceral reaction he had in the moment. So I tried to land with some combination of both thinking and feeling here. And that is all to say that I'm, I'm providing far too much context for just getting into it. But my number five scene is going to be from Hawkeye season one, episode three. Clint's phone call with his son, Nate.
0: That is an incredible choice. That is a really, really
2: good choice.
1: So I chose this scene because it really made me feel for a character who I previously didn't have a deep connection with, and a character, Clint, who has been in the MCU for so long. and i've enjoyed some of his scenes i've poked fun at him in other places but i didn't have that connection with him and here we have this scene in 2021 where i'm like oh i get it like i thought it was beautifully acted by jeremy renner so much of this year has been about recontextualizing what came before for me i think a lot of the installments this year have really done a great job especially the disney plus series of filling in some gaps for us in really being able to zoom into certain characters and understand them better and with, uh, so think about a show like WandaVision, for example, after seeing that you go back to, or I go back to a film like Age of Ultron, and it feels better, like it, it recontextualizes it and there's more that I appreciate from it. So with Clint here, this really operated in that way. And not only that, um, so I felt like it, for me, emotionally, it did something to me as a fan that I wasn't necessarily expecting in making me connect with him, but... Um, but it also was really important for the narrative of the Hawkeye show because it's kind of this scene I, I think is a bit of the same piece as the car chase scene, which I almost chose in the same episode, the car chase scene, because in that scene you see Clint kind of teaching Kate without teaching Kate. It's, it's her learning from him, the trick arrows, on the fly, in the middle of the action. And that's all of the cool stuff about being a hero. That's the rush, that's the exhilaration. The scene where she's watching him on the phone with his son and helping out because he can't hear anything, that's the scene in which she learns about what you can lose. Uh, that's the scene in which he's demonstrating to her indirectly the other side of what's involved in being a hero, the risks and the sacrifices. And she hasn't learned it yet, but it's set up here to unfold for the rest of the season. So it's just wonderfully acted on both of their parts. And I, um, yeah, I had to have it on my list because it, it just, it really spoke to me.
2: No, it's a fantastic scene. That was, uh, man, that should have been on my list. Um, <laughs> that that was hard because, because it is it, it, there's so much stuff to leave off because it was heartbreaking for me uh, to watch, to watch that. Uh, you know, I am a dad, you know, I have kids. And so like, I, I, really related to that uh but also my parents divorced when i was really little and not the deaf part but like i remember being the little kid on the other end of that phone call uh and so like so yeah like that that scene was really really meaningful to me yeah it's it it was a fantastic pick
0: 100 percent a great pick and definitely i i'll reveal too definitely one of the ones that didn't make my top five that just made me so sad (laughs) that i couldn't find a place for it but uh you know, I, I like the way you talked about how this was a character that wasn't something, wasn't something that resonated with you before this. And I mean, that's what stories are, right? It, they're about change, and sometimes that's within the character's narrative, or I think within the perception of the external audience. And so, watching the audience at large go from being unmoved by Hawkeye to now referring to him as Clint Barton more yeah. widely—that is speaks through the power of that scene mm-hmm. so, great pick
1: can i just add one more thing too i i feel like i've already talked about the scenes too much Go for uh, it. <laughs> about that one scene too much but i love that this is his son nate as well right and and we have seen the relationship with his daughter which is also really powerful and he has his other son but it, maybe this is black widow stan and me coming out a little bit too much but it, this is nate right like nate is named for natasha and nate is his youngest and there's so much of the weight that he's carrying from Natasha, the the loss of Natasha. And I just feel like that it it made it just that little extra bit more emotional to me that it's specifically him who's on the phone.
2: And how well that worked out, right? Like, who knows? Maybe they were playing that way out back at age of Ultron because there was that scene. How's little Natasha and she's pregnant and she says, it's Nathaniel. And to be able to call back to that,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, so good. All right, Jude, what about you? What is your number five top scene?
2: Man, I'll be honest. Listening to Tara's qualifications and thought process, <laughs> 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 I made a quick rearrangement. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, oh wait, oh, hey, no. uh, g- g- g. Um, number five, and I feel like like I'm gonna be the need a redemption episode Um because thinking about the draft the first time and the movies I ended up with, although I was still happy with what I had, um, you know, but <laughs> my number five actually is the Toby Maguire scene where he was complaining about his back and Andrew Garfield uh, cracked it. Um, <laughs> so and, and it's such a brief, moment, you know, and it's almost like, you can't even call it a scene, but I think what, what stuck out to me was, I, I remember seeing that first movie in the theater and just how awesome it was and to see Spider-Man swinging on the big screen and doing the New York thing and how fabulous it was, uh, the wall crawling and just all of it. And it, it truly, like, I mean, if you if you think about the the look and the aesthetic of MCU of everything that came prior to the MCU, the Raimi Spider-Man has that pre MCU look. You know, that's still that's still what we have. Um and so having that scene, knowing, you know, it's the the reference to him hurting his back and and this whole um in two ways. A, right? Like there, so there's the there's the Spider-Man one and two in between where he hurt his back and they might re uh, cast him for Jake Gyllenhaal. And then in Spider-Man two, where he just is web swinging and falls and hits his lands on a back, you know, during his existential crisis, crisis. And, and he just kind of has to walk away holding it. Uh, so yeah, it's just, and then last thought, I, I was probably the one laughing the hardest in the theater. At this point, <laughs> um, I, others were laughing, but it just—I don't—I don't know if they appreciated it as much as I did. So, so that—that that was my number five. Excellent pick.
0: And, and I just want to say, because you mentioned that moment whenever we did our quick reaction, and I just took it like, oh, haha, ha, my back hurts too. I didn't know all the meta textual stuff about the oh. Jake Gyllenhaal. So even when you said, like, what would have made it even better is if Jake Gyllenhaal was walking down the street, I had no idea what you meant until Brother Daniel explained to me all that, <laughs> that, like, real world knowledge about it. So that just makes that scene even better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. it it I loved it. Well,
0: that seems like my turn. Uh, Jude, I am going to follow in your footsteps, and I am also gonna choose a scene from Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, The scene that I'm going with is what I have called Spider Scientists, because it is that scene (laughs) where the three of them are all working together to find cures for saving the villains that have entered into the MCU universe. Uh, And the thing that I think is so special about that scene is it captures what makes that movie special in that I think the movie is both goofy at times in the way that it has tried to merge these three you know, franchises, but also so sentimental as well with the way it took time to to give a relationship between Tom Holland's Peter Parker and these different villains who have entered in because he's never had any connection to them prior. So to have a scene where they're goofing around in the lab, making jokes about how like, oh, you know, Toby's best friend, you know, ended up becoming a villain and dying in his arms and having that moment where Ned's having to wrestle with that idea and, and whether or not that's gonna happen in his universe or also having that scene where wow, I'm realizing how Toby-centric this is, but realizing that, you know, Tom Holland's Peter Parker was kind of shooing away the idea of of saving Norman. And Toby has to remind him, like, hey, we're saving everybody. So if I were to pick an entire, uh, if I were to pick a scene to encapsulate what makes that movie special, I think it starts right there in that moment because it's a little bit of everything.
2: Mm -hmm. That's a good pick because that's just, you know, that whole, that's, that's, what was it? That's just what we do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So good.
0: I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. It feels like there are, are certain, and I'm speaking highly about a Spider-Man movie, I know, but it feels like there are just certain points. Wait, wait in, what does that mean? Meaning like the way I'm going to phrase this, there are certain points in time where you have like a sh- single shot to make something like this happen. And the fact that it did happen and it was good is incredible. Incredible. Like there's so many ways this movie could have gone wrong and there's not that many windows that you can make this happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally.
2: That's okay. my. I, I thought you were trying to say like some other franchises were better than this one or something. No, like, no, no. Like Captain America or something <laughs> strange like that. Oh.
1: <laughs> so, Jude, are you team the best trilogy in the MCU is the Spider Man trilogy?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, Jude, spotlight's on you now. Mmm. I might have to say yes <laughs> at the the current moment.
1: Um put you on the spot, I'm sorry. No, no like don't that's apologize. Do caution. it more.
2: <laughs> uh, I I might I will I'll you know the, the only hesitation I have is what is Guardians of the Galaxy Three gonna be. That's
1: fair.
2: Actually. Um and, and I'm, and I'm not counting the Avengers trilogy.
1: Right. I was thinking Iron Man, Cap, Thor. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it, right now I, yeah, I'd have to say it's Spider-Man trilogy, um, with, uh, you know, a wait to see what James Gunn does with the third. Well, we'll put a pin on that. And, uh, <laughs> that's something
0: we need to revisit once that trilogy finishes. Yeah. But moving along, we're now circling back to you, Tara. What is your number four scene?
1: Okay, so at the number four spot, I have a scene from Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It is the scene during which Shang Chi and Katie are on the bus in San Francisco, and it's the first big action scene in the film. Well, the first action scene. Excuse me, the first action scene with Shang Chi. Obviously, there's the uh, the prologue to the movie with his father Wenwu. But I chose this moment because it it, it was tough. I really, really love the sequence of scenes in Macau, um, in, in Shang-Chi as well. But I chose this one because this is our moment of introduction to a new hero. Seeing the way that he fights, the way he uses his clothes and the props around him in that sort of Jackie Jackie Chan style. Um seeing what it is that causes him to spring into action in this moment, which is his concern for his friend Katie. And we talked about this, Trey, when you and I did the deep dive episode on Shang-Chi. The way that that film uses the action sequences to express or demonstrate something about the characters is really, really well done. So this is also the scene in which we see the pendant on, on his chest, which is this significant object for him, representing his connection to his mom. And this is before we've really learned about his full story and his past. And there's that moment in which Katie just looks at him after he's been able to beat off these guys. And she's just like, holy shit, who are you? And that's the (laughs) question of of the movie, right? That's the question of the scene. (laughs) Um, So I think it's just, to me, it's like such a well-done example of what the MCU is all about and what the MCU does so well, this combination of incredible action just like you can't take your eyes off of it i mean thinking about that visceral visceral reaction criteria here like the first time i saw this in the theater i was like oh my god just like watching the scene as the bus is traveling along and they're moving from the front toward the back of the bus and the music is incredible and um it's just that comedy there's humor in the scene with the guy what's his name cliff the youtube guy and um and there's it's just fantastic to me it's like prime what the mcu can do and watching the behind the scenes of it in the assembled documentary was pretty awesome as well
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah I, the moment you said shang chi i had the biggest smile on my face um, <laughs> it, it's an amazing pick and just to like add in that space like the because we like you said we talked about it a lot here on this show and on your show that we did together and i can't stop thinking about the the way one of my favorite podcasters, Jeff Kanata, talked about it on the film cast, which I think is the the summation of of everything that I tried to convey about that scene. So often superhero stories are about the person learning who they are. Shang-Chi knows who he is and he's mm. been running for it. Mm-hmm. And the way that mm-hmm. this demonstrates who he is to everyone else except him who already knows is beautiful. So I 100
2: percent
1: love your point. pick. Mm mm-hmm. So good. I want to watch it right
2: now. Yeah. I was going to say, I think <laughs> Shang-Chi is to Trey what Black Widow is to, to Tara here.
1: <laughs> I think, I think that's a good analogy. Yeah.
2: 100%.
0: <laughs> all right, Jude. Uh What about
2: you? What is your number four pick? All right, let's see. Let's put all my, the rest of the remaining selection to the random generator here. Um, number four is I have it titled Yelena and Kate Bishop meet cute Um <laughs> or where they meet at the apartment. Th- this is one of those scenes that I've probably watched more than any other. Well, I'd probably, let's put it, how about it this way. If you counted and like back to back the number of times and just there it might've been the length of an episode or more. Like I just, I keep going back to the scene and going back to the scene. Um, and I don't know at first, I wasn't sure what uh, struck me so much about this scene. And, you know, outside the chemistry, it was a, a phenomenal. But it, it came to me that seeing that this is what the future of the MCU is going to be, you know, and there was this I don't know for everybody, if it's among the fans, like, but for me, for sure, with the end of Endgame and this kind of, oh, where are they going to go now? Don't have robert downey jr anymore you don't have um scarlett johansson anymore you know who are these new characters going to be what's it going to be like and and to see these two brand new characters interact um and have such chemistry it just it just made me so excited for what the future is going to be um so yeah that's 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 why this is in uh, my top five
0: love that pick and i gotta be honest I've been trying to guess what I think is going to be everybody's favorite scene. Their number one. And I legitimately thought that was going to be number one just because of how much that I, because I knew, because we would talk about it as we were getting ready for our podcast, how much you had that on repeat. So uh, (laughs) very happy to see it make your list. And I, and for all the reasons listed, I think, uh, I think it's a great pick.
1: Yeah. I'm so so glad that you spoke about it because I don't have it on my list and I, I, I don't know. Why? I just needed to make room for other things because I think it's clear how much I, I love Elena and Kate and Hawkeye and Black Widow and the whole thing. So everything you said, Jude, I completely agree with. It was such a dynamic scene to watch the two of them interact. And the, um, in the finale as well, the elevator scene is also absolutely incredible, but. Just to echo what you're saying that first time that they're on screen together that the mac and cheese scene is just, (laughs) I think we will absolutely look back at that as the moment that something very, very magical began.
2: Yeah, just that whole this yummy macaroni. I know what macaroni <laughs> tastes like. It's delicious. <laughs> no, not not macaroni. I know what boxed mac and cheese tastes like. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even. Oh yeah, right when the door opened, you right, Yeah, you wouldn't have time to know. Like, just, uh, <laughs> like, see what I mean? Like, I I got it down. I even interrupt myself. Like,
1: what? <laughs> this is crazy.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, by the way, next time your friend Yelena besides to like (laughs) hang out um you know let's just let them know we said hi
1: (laughs) yes uh listeners will have to tune into we'll have to check out my hawkeye episode six uh podcast episode to know what you mean
2: yeah your (laughs) your special guest
0: (laughs) i gotta say that that's a huge get as a podcast (laughs) guest
1: I don't want your listeners to actually think I had Yelena <laughs> on the show, but. <laughs> wait, you didn't. <laughs> oh man, no, I, I don't say Florence Pugh. I say Yelena as if she's a real person.
0: <laughs> she's real to me.
1: Yeah, no, I was to say. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> oh man, who's this Florence Pugh you speak of?
1: <laughs> oh man, so good.
2: Uh, Trey, right? You on four? I'm here. Comes number
0: four.
1: Okay, here it
0: comes, and I'm bracing myself because I, again, I, I apologized already earlier, Tara, for any fights we may have uh, with me and Jude. Oh boy! Oh my gosh! This is here the whole we go. Party
2: Thor episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> number four. This is actually one of the harder ones, even though it's at number four, because the episode that I pulled this from, there were so many different scenes that were pulling f- for my attention for this spot. But there was something about this scene in episode five of Falcon and the Winter Soldier truth, where Mm -hmm. it's around the 30 minute and 36 second mark where they start the boat fixing montage. Uh, If you listen to our coverage, I think I frequently would pretty much yell out. I love the boat because I love so (laughs) much of what they were doing narratively about that boat. And, you know, I, I, to to preface what I meant by the fight, you know, Jude and I have gone back and forth about the truck in the finale <laughs> of the episode. For me, and what I'm looking for in the character of Captain America, I think this scene is the standout moment of that season because it embodies so much of what I am looking for in the Captain America character. It's. You know, even even back in the Steve Rogers days, the thing that I always would say is that Captain America is not the smartest, fastest or strongest. He is that inspiration and hope and that resilience to to keep doing the right thing. And the way at this 30 minute mark, the way it leads into it is Sam is inspiring the people of this town that knew his family to all come in to help fix the boat and they're all contributing in different ways. And that sense of community that inspires is, brings me to tears. Like that's, especially with the last few years we have had, you know, that is such a beautiful scene to me. And it continues to build because the person that they introduce in that scene as well is Bucky, who at this point in the season, him and Sam are at odds. And they use the fixing the boat as a way to fix their relationship. And to step even further, the, the way the scene ends is Sam and Bucky have a conversation about what they're going to do about Carly, because up until this point, everybody has been adamant about the only way to stop her is to kill her. And you see Sam really wrestling with that's not how he wants to do it. And I think to juxtapose what Sam's wrestling with what he's doing with the community and what we know he ultimately does in wanting to go not necessarily a pacifist but trying to neutralize the the disagreements in a more peaceful manner i think everything about that scene makes sam captain america to me and i absolutely love it
1: a couple of things quickly you said the phrase i love the boat and it made me think of a a quote that Clint has about boats in the comic run, the Hawkeye, My Life is a Weapon. So you definitely need to read that for many reasons, because it's fantastic. But there's a really great little line there about, about boats that I think you'll enjo- enjoy, Trey, since that's a, a an ongoing bit for you here on your
0: show. <laughs> yeah. I'll check it out. I did buy the, the collection. So I'm still awesome. reading that on my iPad.
1: Great. I can't wait to hear what you think of it. And also, thank you so much for everything you said about that scene. I don't have it on my list, and I, when thinking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and thinking about if there was going to be a scene that I was going to choose to make the top five, and there, there certainly are scenes from the show that make my top eight, nine, ten. Uh-huh. Um, but mm-hmm. it would be it would be that episode, and I didn't kind of think to narrow it down any further than. From that episode because it didn't make the top five for me, but I love that episode so much. And I did recently rewatch it and that boat scene is, is wonderful. So Mm. I think everything you said, speaking about who Captain America really is, is, uh, really shines through there. Oh yeah.
2: It was that, that boat was the grounding tie, right? To, to family, um, Falcons, you know, uh, family, his past that he was running from, uh, Fixing that, you know, fixing his issues moving forward. It was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought Trey was going to go with that quick moment of Winter Soldier holding the, the cake and doing the little sidestep from the kid on the dock.
1: <laughs> That's on um, the memeable, me- the memeable <laughs> <things>. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh
2: You know, and, and as we tend to do here and rewrite things, if we, that in fight would have been at the dock and it would have been a boat instead of a truck. <laughs> There it, it is. Would, it, it would have knocked <laughs> it out of the park for Trey. <laughs> you can
0: you if this was video, you would see I'm just hunched over waiting for where it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that's uh, that's my number four. Nice. It was a good pick. All right, we're coming back to you, Tara. What is your number three pick?
1: Okay, so my number three moment is from Spider-Man No Way Home. And you guys both spoke to other moments in Spider-Man that I also think really, really effectively capture uh, what one of you said before is like, what makes this film so special? It's it's kind of this once in a lifetime opportunity to really represent the culmination of 20 years of Spider-Man storytelling in live action on the screen. and in choosing the moment that I chose I very much went with the sentimentality I went with the straight up nostalgia and the the feeling that I had in the theater and there were a number of moments in the theater the first and, sub- and subsequent times that I went to go see it that I just was straight up uh goosebumps you know tears the whole thing and then when you think about it a little bit more like you, you kind of realize, I kind of realize, like, oh, like, th- they got me. Like, they got me right in the sentimental part of myself. It doesn't mean that necessarily upon analysis or reflection that everything about the plot of this movie makes sense, but man, it got me, right? So the moment that I'm choosing is, I think, speaks to what this film did so well in representing the change and the growth for our Peter Parker. He's at his absolute lowest moment after the death of Aunt May and I loved I almost chose that scene as horrible as it was like I thought it was just so powerful Um, but right after that right he is alone on the roof and his friends Ned and MJ come in saying you know there's some people here and you we look up and we see this amazing shot of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland's Peter Parker doesn't even really react to them right like this is the kid who is so freaking excited to meet everybody in civil war and this is the kid who just like has so much enthusiasm for life and he's not impressed and he's not geeking out about meeting alternate universe versions of himself right he is absolutely in pain here and these two guys these two other peters come in and they are representative of other of versions of what may come for peter and we see in that scene in which they're sharing with our Peter the trauma they've experienced, it's this moment of reflection for them. It's this moment of kind of uh, beginning a process of some healing for Andrew Garfield's Peter. And he's talking about how after the death of Gwen, he stopped pulling his punches and and you see that emotion on him. And that kind of carries through the rest of the film, how he's able to reach some closure here. Um, And then Toby's Peter, you know, the story of... This kind of arc of, of what he tells, uh, Doc Ock later in the movie, like, I'm trying to do better, right? This is what we do, right? He's here and he can be this, this inspiration, this guide for our Peter Parker. And, um, yeah, the, of, of course they bond over the with great power, great responsibility line and Uncle Ben and Aunt May. And it, it just completely, completely got me in the moment. And, um, I, I have gone to see the film. Three times, I saw the, the three viewings I did were in very close um, progression, one to the next. I lost my word there. Um, <laughs> and then since then, I haven't been able to go again between the holidays and quarantine and everything else. But I'm dying to go see the movie a- again as well, because I just I have to imagine that even after three times of seeing it, it's, it's going to be something that continues to just kind of really hit me where I live. Oh, I, I have to imagine so.
2: Um, I've only seen it twice. Uh- A friend of mine, I even mentioned on pod, saw it not just twice, but back to back. And this was his experience, it was my experience, it was just better the second time. Um, That first time, there was so much information dumped in. And so I can only imagine, you know, that, like you said, this is just going to get better with each time.
0: And I got to say, I I have seen it three times. uh, And I think you have given me a new appreciation for that scene. Because to speak to why I think... You know, it takes multiple viewings to let it all sink in. Is um, to you get caught up in it all of like I they brought them back. There's yeah, uh, Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield, and here they are, and they're making this multiverse thing work. And the thing that I missed, and I'm so glad that you have highlighted it this way for me, is the way Peter reacts to those two. Because I was so f- fascinated by my own reaction that you're yeah. totally right that Peter, like I'm every time I talk about the thing that makes Holland's. Peter Parker special is the way he reacts in civil war. Oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. You got a metal arm. Like he does yeah. that for everyone. And I never thought about how he's just not amazed by the fact that he has met variations of himself. Mm-hmm. And so I think you have deepened my love for no way home.
1: It's so hard to put that moment at number three, but- <laughs> <laughs> I know you got two more better than that one. Wow. Yeah. yeah
0: I, I gotta say, I'm amazed that none of us have had an overlap
2: so far. And that's, I'm so excited. Well, that's the beauty of having like a list of 15 (laughs) and I can listen and no. (laughs) (laughs) and
0: be like, dang it. All right, Jude, you're up next. What's your number three?
2: Number three for me comes from Loki. And again, it's just one of those scenes that just really stuck with me, you know? And I mean, you listen to the pod, you know, that, Loki is as it was coming out and watching it, I went back and forth on it. And it Loki the the series is probably my not probably, it's my it's I it's my third favorite of the the Disney Plus shows. Um with with Hawkeye and Wanda vision above that. But the scene and the time prison with Lady Sif was just super moving and powerful for me. Um just this whole idea of well, and I talk about this a little bit with my seniors just this whole idea of solitude and and the importance of being comfortable uh, sometimes alone by yourself and and being aware of those times when you get moments of solitude and you can't, um, and you look for something to fill it, you know, and what and why? Why are we looking to fill it? right why can't we just be still and 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 content with just us? Um, and now I know that's why Loki is a time prison. Loki's not there, but just like just this representation of of these things you do and how they weigh us down, and to to see him being faced with that and faced with that and faced with that, and to the point where he he has to to finally wrestle with it and comes to terms of like, yeah, I did that. I'm that person. Uh, and I should have you know, and that. So I, I just loved that th- the way they were able to creatively within that world, um, have him face his own, his own, uh, demons and temperament.
0: I really, really like that pick. Um, it, that's a moment that definitely stood out to me as well. Um, and, 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 to walk through this, like the music in Loki was always good from the beginning, but it is in that scene that it really hit me how expertly they were using the the music because that end of that scene when Sif, I I can't remember the exact words, but she says something like you will always be alone. And it just, the camera stays on Loki's face with that realization, even after he has come to terms with who he is. And the music is just underscoring that moment. Um, and I'm great pick. I'm I'm so glad mm-hmm. that you have that on your list.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought up that line. You always be alone because it is that, that, you know, that difference of like, uh, solitude is not loneliness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sol you know, solitude is, and not like solitary confinement. Like, no, like solitude. Like I, you know, um, I'm in the car, you know, I, I think of it personally. Like if I'm in the car and I notice, um, you know if a podcast's not playing or something's not going am i can i just be with myself and be okay or am i like trying to fill the time and the space and and um and if and if that's the case what's wrong with me um not wrong with me is like i have a problem but like what internally is is bothering me so so i'm really glad you brought up that line there um cuz it, it's not the same thing and and when you in when you can't even be comfortable with yourself you know, that's that's an extreme kind of loneliness. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah, I really appreciate what you're saying about this scene. So to kinda of echo what Trey was saying before, I I think that hearing you talk about this from this perspective, dude, gives me more of an appreciation for that scene from Loki, which I hadn't uh I hadn't really been thinking about. So man, this is great. This is a great conversation to revisit some of these moments and, and see what resonates for, for different people.
0: Oh yeah. 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 I wasn't uh a- I wasn't expecting to be hit with those feels, Jude. I like the way that you had trained that. That, That's got me rethinking a lot about that scene now.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I had just said, I'm so happy we have not had any overlap. So whenever you said your third pick came from Loki, I kind of tensed up for a second because my third pick is also from Loki, but it is in a different scene.
2: When she sings, she sings, come home. When she sings, she sings, come home. That one? Yes,
0: no. okay. uh, my, my scene comes from episode six for all time, always. And it's around the 19 minutes and 34 second mark. And I'm I'm willing to catch some flack on this one because this feels like cheating since this is essentially Kang's monologue. And I think it goes on for close to like eight minutes. So this is a whole <laughs> lot of bang for one pick of a, of a scene. But the thing that I think is so special about this is so much of what loki was examining the series what loki was examining is futility like what are what does choice matter if if nothing matters and and so much of that sentiment is what they were playing with so to have this moment where we see our two central characters meet with this almost embodiment of futility and have him explain through his reasonings of why he, he he came to be, you know, and, and the way that it was being demonstrated with those little clay figures that he was controlling and the way that he would effortlessly flip between being electric to being bored to being tired. Jonathan Majors is just putting on one of the best performances in the 2021 season of M- the MCU. And it's... Perfect. Like I just, I was captivated from start to finish of that scene. And I even talked about it when we had our episode review of that specific scene where I said it felt like the MCU Babe Ruthing and pointing to where they're going to go for the next 10 years. And so I, I just love it. And I mean, how could I not pick a scene that has the line, you came to kill the devil, right? Well, guess what? I keep you safe. If you think mm-hmm. I'm evil, just wait till you meet my variants. And every time I have that line in my head, it gives me shivers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Such a good pick. And I'm thinking about what Jude was saying earlier about the Kate and Elena scene, you know, and, and having that feeling of like, oh man, we're in for something great with the future of the MCU. I, I feel that way about them. And I also feel that way about Jonathan Majors uh, because of everything you just said, Trey. I'm yeah. so excited. What- I'm not gonna get sidetracked right here.
2: <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop. Stop myself. Stop myself. No, I'm not. So, like the kingpin, like that's this is what I mean of like like what you just said. Like you got so much with so little, and we're not gonna see them until 2023, and it's just that anticipation and that waiting, and and that's uh, they had Kingpin do too much. But okay. <laughs>
0: So number two for you is Kingpin, right?
2: Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to comment on that just yet, since I have two scenes left to go. It might not be number two. Oh yeah. It could be number one. You'll find out.
0: Well, in anticipation of finding out, we can go ahead and move on <laughs> to Tara. All we right. We are at number two.
1: Okay. So <laughs> this this was the uh, the hardest. Choice for me because I I want to say the movie Black Widow. <laughs> 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 um, I knew I'm, I knew <laughs> that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I I thought very hard about it. So I also I I don't know if I've said this on social media. I did say this on my 2021 year in review episode if i am considering all factors and ranking the films of the mcu in 2021 i do uh, like squeeze black widow out of the top spot and put spider-man no way home there because that's in taking into consideration some criteria like the the nostalgia and the culmination and the event of it all which is why spider-man kind of gets that top spot for me but when it came to the moments here I, Black Widow felt like it had to be higher because I have rewatched Black Widow so many times and these moments, I, I just feel so close to so many of the moments. And I, I actually kind of revisited my, my first impressions episode that I did for the podcast when Black Widow first came out to see if I could get, um, get some sense of what my past self what really resonated with <laughs> that that my past self in terms of choosing one moment here. And all I talk about in that First Impressions episode is like, yes, like how much as it was unfolding, it felt really special to me. And um, yeah, I, I almost went with the credit scene for the way that it set the tone for the film and and, and really suggested, wow, we're getting into some territory here of really acknowledging just how traumatic and, and terrible natasha's past really was and just how much that makes her survival and and her strength all the more powerful but uh i apologize for talking about scenes that aren't actually my scene i i know it's it's i'm uh no waste go ahead. time it's, but it's all contextual
2: <laughs> i realize i i say we we realize how painful it is um like i was surprised that you were going to pick any individual scene because of the pain of having to cut up the film yeah uh <laughs> And,
0: and <laughs> if I could
2: just like
0: interject here to because on that topic of like how we have watched your love of this film developed whenever we did the second draft episode i had went back and listened to that first one just in preparation yeah. And one of the funniest things to me is at the end or the beginning i can't remember we were talking about black widow and we were all discussing about like what our, our plans were to go watch it and i think you had just gotten the amc pass and you were like oh i you know i'm gonna go see it maybe once and we asked like oh you're gonna get it on disney plus too and you're like ah uh, probably not <laughs> <laughs> that was before you had seen it. And just to get that glimpse of where you were at to where yeah. you have come has been fantastic.
1: Yeah, isn't it, it? Isn't it fun sometimes to revisit older episodes of the podcast and really see see how much uh, change and growth happens? <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess, you know, despite all that, the moment that I did land on is quite a quite a long scene i think i went a little bit more with a sequence as opposed to a scene but natasha and yelena they are at the gas station and there are this this scene or sequence of scenes encompasses the humor of the pose that you do your fighting pose <laughs> it encompasses the pain and the insecurity that these two characters have when Yelena says to her, Oh, you know, if someone attacks an Avenger, one of the big ones will come to avenge you. And, and she's like, Oh, who are the big ones? Um, when, and so, you know, Natasha's insecurity there, uh, Yelena's insecurity, the face that she makes when Natasha says, You weren't really my sister. And then she bites back. The Avengers aren't really your family, right? This tension between the two of them. The incredible, incredible line. When Natasha says, all the time I spent posing, I was trying to do something good, make up for the pain and suffering we caused, trying to be more than a trained killer. And when Yelena says, I'm not the killer that little girls call their hero. They're, they're learning so much about each other here. So much of these two characters, who these two people are, is being revealed to us. And why I chose this is because this is our last real installment of Natasha Romanoff in the MCU. And I I love how much her presence is felt in the Hawkeye show. I love how much her presence is felt in 2021, um, because, because I do miss her. And I, and I don't think that Endgame necessarily um, uh, took took the time to really acknowledge what her loss meant as much. Um, but now we have this new character in the MCU, Yelena, as you guys have already talked about, who is setting up so much for the future. So in this scene, we're both saying goodbye to Natasha, and we're reflecting on who she's been, and we're also greeting Yelena, and we're learning about her, and we're seeing where she's going to go. And and that gas station scene then kind of leads into when they're outside drinking a beer, and they have more of that conversation, learning more about each other, and um, some tenderness when Natasha helps Yelena like, with her wound. So just like there's so much healing, there's so much related to the ideas of identity and family and choice here. And of course, then that leads into they're in the car and the vest moment. So again, (laughs) it's what the MCU does so well of combining that humor and that heart. And, um, yeah, I, that's, that's kind of like three scenes in one, but, uh, Natasha and Yelena and they're, they're learning each other in Black Widow has got to be on my list.
0: I love that. I, I love the way you could walk through that, uh, much like with, you know, with Jude and and trying to guess what I thought was going to be his number one and what was going to be yours. Yeah. I was under the impression that number one would be something Black Widow related. And, and this isn't a knock on the movie, but just there's so many great moments that I couldn't figure out what is the moment that encapsulates it or defines it as a, a, a scene pick and you found it like of course you the the black widow scholar uh i i loved your your description of it thank you
1: it was tough because it's such a good such a good movie i love it you're gonna have to change
2: add that to your bio black widow black widow black widow what's a winner (laughs) um (laughs) black uh black widow scholar
1: black widow scholar i like it i'm gonna put that on my email uh signature oh, <laughs> please
2: do please do <laughs> and i'm talking about your work one like
1: <laughs> yes 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 exactly not the podcast one the work one only
2: all right jude number two. Oh man the hawaiian shirt no um, oh, God. sorry oh, yeah uh, um Number two, God, this was difficult. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. Um, I, I I jokingly at first I jokingly said, you know, or or this whole listening to Tara and rearranging it. Um, (laughs) But I I actually did this one jumped up to number two, listening uh, to you kind of give that context Uh, because this again, I don't, I don't know what it is about me. I think, you know, there's, the second time that I have a moment, right? Because like like the Tobey Maguire back wasn't really a scene per se. Uh, it was, you know, just kind of a moment. Um, and my number two comes from The Eternals. Uh, it's the Faustos kiss in The Eternals. And th- it was, I mean, there's more to that scene, but, but uh, taking my oldest to the theater and when that happened on screen, like they, oh, my heart is jumping like that. Like that's the quote. Um, wow. and so it was just, it was so cool.
1: Yeah. I I'm glad that you mentioned that Jude, because I think that moment of representation and that moment of, uh, seeing one of our heroes up on the screen, you know, having the type of relationship that is not always. Depicted in these stories and have it be something that felt so kind of natural in that moment was really, really powerful to see, I think, for so many audiences. And it, thank you for sharing that because that's, um, it's especially powerful knowing that for young people seeing this, it's something that speaks to them.
0: Even outside of what makes that scene special, just hearing the story about what, what you're you know, your child's reaction to it was fantastic. And to speak about the scene itself, you know, I remember one of the things I talked about Eternals is that this is a movie that is as interested in these heroes and what they can do as it is interested in how they feel. And I can't also help but remember one of the, the, articles. I never found the source for it, but I remember reading somewhere that one of the things that they were talking about with writing these stories is that it's not enough to see them go out and save the day. You need to see them go home and what they're like in that home life. And getting to see that moments of Fastos and who he was with his family and up until that kiss, like that's special. That's not something Mm -hmm. you get to see often Mm -hmm. in these superhero movies. And Mm -hmm. I am so glad that you have picked that on your list.
2: Yeah. I love that you said child, too, because they're they're 13 counting down to 14. And I'm trying to, to slow that down as much as possible.
0: I, I always get super concerned with privacy reasons on how to refer. And I almost said offspring.
2: <laughs> Look, for the Your longest progeny, time. Jude. Hey, I was going to say, for the longest time, Amity and I would just say progeny one, two, or three. Rather than <laughs> get the names messed up, we would just say, hey, progeny two, come here. I need you to clean the fridge. Like, I'm not kidding. That's what they'd answer to.
0: <laughs> I started calling my niece and nephew thing one and
2: thing two. <laughs> nice.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we're at Trey's number two, right?
2: Yes, I just went. We're at Trey's number two.
0: My number two pick. This is another one of the hardest ones because per entry, I, I don't think I talked about this. Part of my method when it came to making this list is I sat down and I tried... To write the most impactful scenes I had by memory. So I, I wrote down WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Black Widow, Loki, and I just went through the release order, and in each category, I wrote down the list that I remember just really standing out to me. And WandaVision I think had the most of uh, most moments per category. And the moment I ended up going with for my number two pick is in episode eight Called previously on around the 11 minutes and 46 seconds mark. The revelation of why the sitcoms were so important to Wanda and that glimpse into her family life and the tragedy of what that was like and how it changed her life when that bomb exploded everything she knew. That I called it a magic trick whenever we discussed it because I generally don't like whenever they retrofit an idea to a character that expressed none of that in, pri- in previous storylines. And there was this lingering question throughout all of WandaVision for me of why is this taking the form of these sitcoms? And as the season progressed, we kind of got to this idea like, okay, maybe this is something she had as a, a home life, but I just couldn't see how they would make that feel real and sentimental and I was just almost on the floor, just smacked with how much that scene moved me because you got that glimpse of how happy it made her and it made me forget the tragedy that was about to come because we knew her past life from Age of Ultron and and what she had gone through that in that moment, I was with them excited watching those shows and when that bomb lands and reality snaps back into place I was in tears and I think that moment will easily be one of the standout moments for all of the 2021 entries because of the magic trick they were able to pull off and the effectiveness at which it just works as a scene.
2: Yeah, you're right. That was the one thing I remember the most of that scene is just how much that you knew it was coming and it and they still were able to pull you out of that and get you immersed in that and 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 the uh, and the family.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, Tara, you joked about wanting to put all of Black Widow as your pick. <laughs> There's multiple entries that I wanted to do that. Just adding episode eight of WandaVision, I yeah. think, is what I wanted to put for number two.
1: Yeah. Well, that's actually a good, a good transition because it's my number one next, right?
2: Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. Here we go. It's a very, it's a very good transition because I similarly, we, we had a very similar approach because I too when you first presented us with this task, I wrote down the installments in release order, jotted down, okay, what are the things that stood out to me most? And I also had the longest list for WandaVision and, and Black Widow. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but for WandaVision and I uh, episode eight, well, when we actually, the three of us, we did a WandaVision wrap-up episode for my show, Mm-hmm. And we talked about our top, I think we did three favorite moments from the series. And I think I kind of made that joke and said, ah, episode eight is my number one moment. Um And I, at the time, I chose as my number one moment, the same moment that I'm choosing for my number one moment overall. And that is after Black Widow, after Spider-Man, like this has remained for me my my top moment of the year. I think partially just because... I am also thinking about the power of WandaVision and just how special it felt in those early weeks of 2021 and I you know if i if i had to choose my number one favorite installment of the year um all factors considered it would be WandaVision and wow. mm-hmm. i wow. yeah i know it sounds a little bit like a surprise there but it it's just so I have this personal connection to it, and I think it just, it just did so much for, for the MCU, and it, it just feels like such a singular moment in time, and it's so incredibly rewatchable. And the number one scene for me from episode eight, it, it's so close to being the one that you chose, Trey. But for me, it's the scene when, uh, she goes into the memory with, with Agatha. Of her envision at Avengers Compound. This is sometime after the death of Pietro. So sometime between Age of Ultron and Civil War. And it's this moment of connection and tenderness between the two of them, which was so important to see in this show, which, you know, the entire conceit of the WandaVision show was based around just how much love she had for him and, and this extreme grief that came from the loss of, of that love. And here we see, again, kind of in this magical way, as you said, that they were able to pull off um, some filling in the gaps of establishing for us these moments of connection that the two of them would have had earlier on. And it's also based around this moment in which they're watching a sitcom, they're watching Malcolm in the Middle, and Vision can't understand why it's funny that the character is getting injured, and how do we know that he's not really hurt? And she just says, it's not that kind of show. And it's just such a good line that speaks so much to who she is and how she relates to these sitcoms and how that manifested itself out of her in her grief. Uh, It speaks to his character and how he's learning how to be human when he says, you know, I've never had a loved one to lose. So I don't really know what this is like. And it's a moment that, you know, again, thinking about first watch, it really really got me this that whole episode did uh there were a lot of moments of tears in that episode but especially this just the the way the two of them relate to each other and when he says the line what is grief if not love persevering you know listen it's become a little bit memeable now <laughs> uh, the <laughs> the what is blank if not blank persevering is a really great meme template um but in the moment uh, you know before any of that internet reaction it just felt so sincere and and so beautiful, a very beautiful vision, vision quote. So and then they have a laugh at the end of it, right? Like he's laughing at something on the TV and and she's loosens up a little bit and says, Yeah, it was funny. And and this tender, this tenderness between the two of them. I, I love it. Uh, To me, it really encapsulates so much of what WandaVision was all about. And WandaVision encapsulates so much of what I loved about 2021 in the MCU. Yeah,
0: I had a feeling there might be some overlap here with our picks because i remember that moment in the wrap up episode we were we were both very high on this episode and and the th- i wanted the i wanted to pick this scene but i just kept coming back to the the one that i had, uh, had landed on but you highlight what's so special about it and i i think the thing that to me that stood out is that you have two characters who are both Feeling nothing from different perspectives. Obviously, with Wanda and the trauma that she's going through, there is this feeling of loss and not knowing how to express those emotions. And you have Vision, who is literally just been born and doesn't know how to express those emotions because he's learning. And through each other, they learn. And that is Mm -hmm. beautiful.
2: Yeah. So well said. It's it's interesting that we mentioned Vision gets all the best lines. (laughs) (laughs) And like you said, that line is just such a powerful line and even the meme for some reason uh for me like the memes of that it just hasn't i don't say hasn't set well I just it just i don't i i have a person that likes gifts and i will have a complete conversation in gifts on text if you let me mm-hmm. um and but just but just that one there i don't know it just feel it just feels different and it is gifts, by the way. <laughs> I didn't. I, I just want to be clear. Oh, I don't want yeah. to think there was any confusion. No, no, I would never doubt it.
1: <laughs> Amazing.
0: Before we start another horse that we continue to beat all year, Jude, what is your number
2: one pick? So there was this really cool moment. Uh, No, just kidding. (laughs) 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 Uh, Not going to do that. It's 2022. I said I'm leaving the truck behind. You said it in our very first episode. (laughs) uh, I I only said I'm leaving it behind. This is all I brought it up to say. I thought Tara and I were about to overlap. Uh, My first Mm. scene was the opening sequence to Black Widow through the credits. Like opening scene all the way through the credits. Nice. Um, yes. That it, it for a couple of things. And it just I remember watching it and just thinking about how different it was than anything else. I or at least to me it felt so different than anything else I'd seen in the MCU, uh, that that segment. Um and how intense the opening credits was like, I, I was in tears. I would like, I didn't even get past that and my eyes were watering and I was tearing up. Um, and then the thinking about like, well, it, cause it's interesting of, of what that was supposed to be film wise and before COVID, like in terms of release order, you know, and sort of have that be kind of the first thing and be and to and imagine what it was like to, to completely kick off the next set of MCU stuff with that scene and really kind of make a statement of, okay, you know, we had our fun and now let's, let's kind of dig in. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, so for me, that's, uh, and honestly, I think that's probably why, cause I know, and I've, I've got a little bit of, uh, pushback jokingly. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to say it that and take it that way. Just, but I had black widow is the best movie. Um, of 2021 over No Way Home, and then a big part is I felt like it, just kind of what I was saying right there. The sense of it's it's it, yeah, part of Black Widow we got MCU, but it it just had such a feeling of you know this isn't the MCU you're used to. Um, it was female led. Uh, we got Elena. Um, you know we got. Um Red Guardian, we got like all of this stuff that's wrapped up into it. Uh I liked the Taskmaster reveal, you know? Um, and it's, it's just all of that. And so yeah, it's I know I'm drifted off into why I thought that was the the better movie. Um but yeah, that opening sequence, uh, that has to be the best for me. I,
1: I'm so glad you chose it to talk about it because I you know I, I touched a little bit on how the credits were almost my pick before. The opening sequence could have also been my pick. Um There, there. I absolutely agree with you that there's something so uneasy about that opening scene. There's something so beautiful about it. The tension, and then when they're in the car and listening mm-hmm. to American Pie. I, I could go on and on about it. I think ultimately, for me, I in in picking the scene that I picked to put it on my list. I. Felt like I wanted to pick something that had Scarlet and Florence Pugh in it. Um, But if I took that criteria out, I mean, this is just so incredible at setting the tone for that movie. And one of the best opening sequences of, of any of these Marvel films, in my opinion. So good. I, I think it, I agree with you. I think it's a really underrated film. And I think as a contained standalone film, I think it's very, very successful. And, um, you know, the Spider-Man movie has the event feel to it. It has that culmination feel to it, um, which kind of just puts it in a, in a separate category for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad that you uh, shouted out Black Widow here.
0: Yeah, I, I'm so glad that that specific scene has made it into our collective lists because it was one of the ones when I was making my list, whereas I kept thinking, how can I not have that somewhere? And I don't, uh, but it is one of those scenes to even just speak within the movie. It is a scene that the reverberations of the effect that that had the tone that they set in that opening credits is felt through to the end. And it is a wonderful picture.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, you know. Nick Sandy,
1: <laughs> <laughs> first Nick Sandy drop
0: of
2: 2022.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we know which installment Trey's number one is going to come from, but I'm I'm really eager to hear hear which scene wh- which scene it is you chose from what if Trey?
2: Wait, wait, can we guess? Can we guess? <laughs> I would I would love to guess
0: to hear have, have Wow, Trey, okay, you, you go first. You go first. <laughs>
1: A, a serious guess, or or a guess of what he chose from What If? Go, uh, I would love to hear what you thought I
0: would pick from What If.
1: <laughs> no, 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 um, no. You know what? I don't want to step on your step on your toes, Trey. Oh. I, I don't want to guess. I want I want you to share your number one moment, Trey.
0: So you know, Tara, you just talked about how whenever you were trying to pick something for Black Widow, you felt like it was appropriate to have something with Natasha and Yelena. Yeah. And I wanted to, to, to bounce off of that because that specifically is what helped inform my number one pick. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise. My pick comes from Shang-Chi. And <laughs> whenever I talked about this movie, I think I have highlighted three different scenes throughout three different points that have stood out to me the most. And Tara, you already picked one with the bus fight and we talked about what makes that so special. Uh, whenever I joined your podcast, we talked about, you know, I called it a freaking tower <laughs> sequence and how impactful yeah. it was to do that uh, whenever they had the scene where he's scaling the side of the building with Katie and Shaoling. Uh, but when I sat down to pick my number one, I could not pick a scene that didn't have both Shang-Chi and Wenwu. And it is the scene around the one hour and 42 minute mark where they have the final clash of Shang-Chi and Wenwu with the rings. Um, You know, so much of that movie is about Shang-Chi wrestling with wanting to run from his father's influences learning about his mothers and embracing those influences while maintaining who he is as a person and who he wants to be. And on the flip side, you have Wenwu, who I have said multiple times is the emotional core of Shang-Chi. Like The movie works the way it does because of his storyline and the work that Tony Leung has done within that film. And so... Even though you can pull criticisms of the MCU doing its MCU thing with CGI and so much going on, this moment where they're fighting and they have that callback where Shang-Chi is able to use the the fighting style that his mother had learned and was used in the beginning sequence when uh Ying Li and Wen Wu meet. Uh, and then, you know, he uses that to finally overcome his father. And we see that in doing so, he's able to take control of the rings as well, and he just throws them down at the foot of his father because he's learned that killing him is not the answer he's looking for. He's truly trying to save his father. And, you know, Jude, I I, I think your child uh, has made references that the, the MCU is just littered with father stories. <laughs> and that is definitely true but what is special about shang chi is it's not just about the these the the son dealing with the father issue we get to go through that journey with the father himself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so the thing that hits me the hardest every time in that scene is right before um the the soul eater emerges the last act that wen wu has with those rings is saving his son And the movie opens up with uh, the narration of Shang-Chi's mother saying that he could have done so much good with those rings, but instead conquered. And the last act that he does is the final moment of good. And it brings me to tears every time because Shang-Chi has won not through just physical violence, but he has won his dad over back to a moral side. And it's beautiful. And so that is my number one scene of 2021.
1: I'm so glad you chose that one, Trey. I, I <laughs> you know, I that's why I didn't want to guess because I was like, you know what? And anything that you were going to say about Shang Chi was going to be incredibly poignant and powerful. And I was like, I'm not going to go ahead and guess which one it's going to be. That's uh, that's such a good one. And I think having Wenwu in there is really important mm-hmm. to speaking to the messages of that film and and really trying to encapsulate what what mm-hmm. that film is all yeah. about. Yeah
0: there's yeah. so many good scenes that so it was so hard yeah, to pick one. Hard. <laughs> yeah
2: I, I i love how much you love that that movie and just can go on and on and, and just gush about that movie um and you're right we when i saw it uh, my oldest um who is that i was like that's sean dad oh is this another dad movie <laughs> um, you know and, and and it is it that was actually almost in a top five moment, Shang-Chi's dad, uh for me. And is I have it at six, <laughs> uh actually. Uh but but it was it was because of having that moment and kind of that recognition of like, uh oh, what? And um you know, and 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 that's one of the things I'll never forget about that movie is just that interaction that I had. Uh but yeah, I, I love it. And also I love like what you said at the end, cause it's in terms of the, the dropping the rings, cause anytime you know the MCU's done it Wow, off the top of my head, twice. Uh, you know, and my most favorite one is *Return of the Jedi*, where you can have that um, the redemption. You know, is not is not that redemptive violence, right? Where where the hero or or so to speak, you know, lays down the weapon um, rather than than you know acting through violence. I I just love how they when they when they um, when creators are able to create that moment.
0: Yeah, it's, it's such a special moment when you can find a non-violent way to to solve the problem. And again, I say that knowing full well, this is the MCU. We're going to have that moment where Shang-Chi takes on the dragon, which I still think is poignant, but that's not my pick. But to have that, that realization that I don't need to overpower you this way. I can play to the person I know you can be. I mean, not. I don't want to diminish it because I think Shang Chi is their own character. But that is what—that's a commonality that I like within Captain America. The the inspiration for better in the self and others, and in that moment, is a small distillation of what I like about that hero aspect.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so, like, you're right. Like, right at the end when when John Walker took off the helmet. So that's
0: gonna do <laughs> it. Thank you so <laughs> <No>. much. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh man! Honestly, I I was really gonna throw a curveball and and say the first time we get to see John with the shield that has to be Trace number one. <laughs> oh no! Tara saved me because I knew that was coming.
1: So if you listen.
0: I'm gonna leave it in the edit specifically. You can see my voice go in two different directions, and I just lean towards Tara like, okay, yeah. What is my favorite? What? <laughs> oh man! Well, hey, we did it. Top five yeah. scenes
2: of 2021. God. And you know what What sticks out to me the most is how much was left on the table. I think yeah. that's, is
0: there any scene that sticks out to anybody and it doesn't have to be your honorable mention, but is there anyone that you think was going to make it that didn't?
2: Ooh. Ooh.
0: I, did got I think it was going
2: to make it.
1: I, what's yours, Trey?
0: Agatha all along.
1: Yes. That's the one I was going to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, and that wasn't my number six either, but it was definitely on my list of WandaVision moments. And I I thought someone might bring it up just because, like, for what it represented. Like, what a WTF moment. I don't know about you guys, but, like, watching that for the first time, I was like, oh, there's, there's a song now. There's a villain reveal, and it's a song. And, like, it, it was just such a, a unique moment that really leaned into the genre conventions of the sitcom thing. And, uh, yeah, I... I I'm glad that we brought it up here just to note it as a, certainly a unique and special moment from the year. Yeah.
2: I don't have a specific scene. I'm just going to say, well, no, actually I have a scene in mind, but there's so many. I'm surprised a scene with, um, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Did it make it? That kills me. Um, in particular when he shows up at feasts and he's talking to May um, cause I didn't notice the first time, but the second time, you know, and may pulls Peter, Peter to the side and you can see between them behind and he's like grabbing muffins and stuff and <laughs> sticking them in his pockets. Um, but like, I'm gonna do more analogies. He's to the green goblin, what Heath Ledger is to the Joker. And you know, Tony is Tony, Robert Downey Jr. Is a Tony Stark, right? Like, yeah. it's just, it's amazing. And so I'm, I'm really surprised none of us, uh, was went with him.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that kills me because that is, and I, and I've talked about it in text conversations. Like to use that scene specifically, the thing that's so impressive about. Uh, no Way Home is the way that it cares about these villains and treats them as people that need help and not people that need to be defeated. And it starts yeah. with Aunt May in saying that something's not right and she like points to her head. I don't know the line specifically. I, it's one of the ones I wish I had on video on demand to be more accurate. Right. <laughs> but I was bracing myself because I thought oh my god, they're going to make a joke you know, in regards to mental health, but they took it seriously. And yes. that that's mm-hmm. a, a hallmark of no way home. Yeah. Ah,
1: oh, I can't wait to talk more about no way home. Like, especially once it's available for further viewing at home, yeah. I, there's so oh, yeah. much to unpack with that film. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Tara, I know you mentioned earlier, you had some honorable mentions. Is there any you wanted to uh, list out?
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, the one that was hardest for me to cut that I had as a, an official number six that I, I, you know, had some notes on, was from Loki, uh, specifically episode one, his initiation into the TVA, because I thought that that was such a great moment in terms of ushering in a new landscape for the MCU. This was a new look and feel. The aesthetics of the TVA are so interesting and how they, they have this mid-century modern kind of inspired style that feels both past and future and so ultimately somewhat timeless. And here's Loki, a very familiar character to us, who's thrown into an unfamiliar context, and they are using him to introduce us to new kind of riskier sides of the MCU and grounding us a little bit, but also establishing the stakes when we see that you know he he's stripped of his Asgardian leather and uh, and really thrown into this environment. So I uh, wanted to have a chance to mention that as as a, as a moment that I think is really important and uh, just also beautiful. Uh, visually, in in the MCU this year, that I didn't get a chance to talk to uh, talk about before.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good mention.
2: What about you, Jude? Well, I've already mentioned uh, what what I had listed as number six. Um, actually, the Shang Shang, Shang? dude, what's wrong with me? The Shang Chi, <laughs> like, a, like now that I know the Shang Chi, um, actually, there was an interesting moment the other day with my friend TJ, um, and we were talking about uh, Hawkeye. And he was uh, talking about, I don't know how it came up, but he mentioned Budapest and I corrected him. (laughs) Uh, So, (laughs) uh, so, was it TJ? I'm pretty sure it was TJ. Um, But yeah, so the other one, the the last one I'll mention here notes wise was the moment on the Statue of Liberty where they're talking about the organic web shooters. Yes. Um, Because I am a proponent of this organic web shooter (laughs) um i i liked it uh in back then and i still like it now um and and just you know just that they addressed it and the way they addressed it uh just was because because you get andrew you know who's an older peter and he's kind of asking questions and then you get the you know he's supposed to be a senior but he's a senior he's like this is i teach all seniors a senior would ask this question does it come from other places (laughs) like 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 that is completely 100 percent what the 17 18 year old would ask um so yeah that's i I just loved that whole sequence so
0: good i got uh, a quick honorable mention and what would have been my number six scene uh honorable mention it it kills me that i also wasn't able to find a spot for the flashback scene where shang chi and win go to that bar slash gambling place to exact revenge on the people that murdered uh their his wife and shang chi's mom um it it came down to like what i said I, i i wanted a scene that represented them both but i wanted something a little bit more uplifting despite how much that scene impacted me uh, so that one gets an honorable mention and what would have been number six and another one that I'm just this is what I mentioned when I said I had to delete it and walk away from my keyboard earlier it's the bridge the chase sequence and Hawkeye the yeah. the one where they're escaping uh, being captive with the tracksuit mafia all the way through to the pemtech arrow it is a wonderfully well done scene and I'm so sad that it I couldn't make it in the top five
1: so Thinking about it, I I think we have some on our lists. We have some representation from each installment of the year except what if, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I now I will say this,
2: but and I and I mentioned this in uh no, I didn't mention this. Trey and I w- when we were trying to put out our top uh our ranking our Disney Plus shows, we talked about this. Um for at least for me because it's animated, and I, I still see it Mentally, kind of separate from the MC- from the MCU proper. Sure. Um, I know that's changing. I know it's changing, but like I, I, for some reason, there's just like this mental block. Well, like even when somebody asked, it was like I had students asked today, "Is that your favorite Spider-Man movie?" Um, you know, and I give my answer, and then somebody immediately followed up, "It's not into the Spider Verse," and I was like, "Well, I I'm thinking live action." Uh, so that's right. honestly even going through these, I really didn't honestly didn't give what if much thought uh, for that reason. The, just the difference of live action.
0: Yeah. I, I think I'm in that space with you and I, I feel like I, I feel bad because I don't, I don't want to ostracize it from being part of the MCU because I mean, it is intended to be that way, but it just, it didn't really cross my mind whenever I, I sat down to write lists. Uh, there were moments that I think stood out to me, like the, the second to last episode where Hawkeye has that sacrifice play and he is aiming down as the Ultron bots are coming up. That moment was amazing. And I love the way that that was framed and the lighting and the animation, but it just, it, when it came to cracking a top five, I just, I couldn't put it above anything else.
1: Yeah. I, I feel similarly. There are some, uh, cause I wouldn't even necessarily think of them in terms of scenes, but like there are some uh, frames, there are some visuals there are some shots that really stand out that I think were really stunning in, in "What If," and there are some character beats too, and and some lines that I think stand out. But uh, but I, I'm in the same boat as you guys that it, it didn't really feel as much part of the same conversation for me personally. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we're we're getting to the end here, but. Tara, you had a fantastic suggestion on Twitter, <laughs> where you thought we should share what we thought were some memeable scenes from 2021. <laughs> uh, I know you you kind of tiptoed into one, but uh, are there any that stand out to you specifically?
1: Well, this was prompted. It, it was Al who who shared the GIF of Zemo dancing, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so once once he posted that, I was like, "Oh man, yeah, this year gave us." Some iconic gifts here, uh, some iconic meme template uh, opportunities. So the other ones that kind of stood out to me, um, I mentioned before the kind of what is blank if not blank persevering, which to, to your point, Jude, like that is such a powerful and tender and sentimental moment that I don't need there to be jokes about that. Um, <laughs> I've seen that out there, and I they're fine; they don't undermine it or ruin it for me. Um, but I, uh, that line still lands for me. Um, such a poser?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Yes.
1: Oh, and, uh, from Shang-Chi or. That's or.
0: Or. that has or. infiltrated my conversations with my mom and dad. They will throw out <laughs> <Yes>. or so <laughs> frequently, especially since you know I'm in the family lawn service. We'll have conversations and then I'll say, like, oh, we need to do this, and one
2: of them will pipe in or. Or. <laughs> <laughs> oh Well, the thing man. is, it even creeps into our text. Like he'll say, what about this? And then and the text will follow in or. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: oh, that's like great. So what about you, Jude? Do you have any memeable scenes from 2021? Memeable scenes. Um,
2: I've God. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so terrible at this. And, and again, and, and like, I'm trying to think, and I'm just, I had one, and then I was like, no, that's terrible. And I had another, and that was bad. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I like gifs, and so when you say <laughs> memes, my first head, my my head keeps going to gifs, and it's like, oh, this moment, this one is like, oh, but that's not a meme, that's a gif. Um, and so that's, to be honest, that's what make made it so difficult for me. That's um,
1: fair. I was kind of know. using it as an umbrella term for. Funny internet thing. Yeah. It so, shows like, how much I know. I guess, I guess we're all a little bit older than the meme crowd. I don't know. Is that even? Yeah. True? I don't,
2: I don't know. I don't know. And listen, so yeah. So, like, Willem Defoe
0: recently had an interview where he said he only wanted to come back if he can do the action scenes because that was a way to root the character. Otherwise, it is just a meme. So, he oh, knows what memes oh. are.
1: Wow. So, oh, and he had the somewhat of a scientist myself callback line. Yeah, 100%. He
0: did. He did. So, um, so, never too old yeah, for me. So,
2: yeah. So now I'm trying to think of, of there. I think, I think the, the one that I think that if I was going to have and use, and again, my mind goes to gifts is just Loki and this reaction to Mobius. And I, where he's like, I, and I wouldn't do it again, <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, for some reason that just sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. So I have two.
0: And the first one I think is easy, but it's Flourish. I think I yeah. got. that has been thrown around so frequently and I love it just because of what it represents within the episode and the way people have used it. The s- second one, and this one may be a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to try and make my argument for it. In the second episode of WandaVision, there is a moment where somebody says something, the devil's in the details, or the details Ooh. in the devil. And Agatha what? says...
2: It's not the details, Is in the devil.
0: I thought I've reversed it, even though I had it correct. <laughs> regardless, my details are all over the place, but the devil. Uh, regardless, Agatha had the response that's not the only place he is. Yeah. Because of that line, you can now not go more than 5 comments before someone comments mephisto on yeah. any <laughs> speculative yeah thing in the MCU so that mm-hmm. has to be for me the most memeable moment of 2021 yeah. you're
1: so right <laughs> yes
0: yes yes even if i botched the scene
2: <laughs> <laughs> so those are my picks huh.
1: mephisto is is coming <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> He's on his way in May, this May. It's going to happen. Doctor Strange. Oh, man. Okay. You want to get Marvel fans mad. The way to do it is you Ages take- Angels of is not canon. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, in Doctor Strange, they should have Mephisto, but do- the Trevor Slattery Mandarin twist and it not be Mephisto. That would definitely get him going. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So kind of like you have Pietro, but you don't have Pietro. He's just a dude named Ralph. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Hey, I guess Marvel's not, you know, shy on pulling switcheroos like that.
1: You know, what's kind of a meme or, or, I guess has meme potential but maybe hasn't really been used this way and I wish it was used more I I don't know if I'm using meme and internet reaction interchangeably here but remember at the end of I guess it was episode 5 of WandaVision before Pietro arrives at the door when Wanda mm-hmm. and Vision are having the, the, an argument and she just starts rolling the credits over him. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. hilarious. Yes. I, that, yes. I wish that there was a way of capturing that more in real life or on the internet of just like, I'm done with this conversation, yeah. here come the credits. Amazing. Oh, I,
0: I, 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 All right, we'd like to thank Nick Sand.
1: There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. that,
0: yes.
2: <laughs> well, I was gonna say the, oh, the, the, the number of times that I just imagined that in my head anyways, it it is it happens in real life. I'm just uh-huh.
1: it does. It happens on every episode of your podcast. I can't believe I didn't make that connection. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally the same thing.
0: <laughs> oh man! Well, Tara, thank you so much for the suggestion. I think this was a very fun addition to this podcast. So uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. We've got one more thing left. I know Jude and I just recently talked about it in our previous episode, but uh, I wanted to give you a chance here to say, what are you most excited for in 2022 regarding the MCU?
1: Yes. Um, well, I, I listened to your episode and I actually really enjoyed hearing your thoughts on some of the the troubled production around Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, not to go in a downer type of direction, but I uh, I did just want to bring that up because I thought that was a really um, astute conversation that you guys were having about that. And I, I share some of those anxieties around that film because the first Black Panther is just such an amazing work. Uh, and, and I just want the franchise within the franchise, uh, the Black Panther franchise within the MCU to uh, mm-hmm. continue to, to thrive. Um, but I... Like Jude, am very much looking forward to She-Hulk because of the wonderful Tatiana Maslany. And um, I know you spoke to it on your episode, but she is a remarkable actor who can really capture so uh so much emotion, but also so much humor. She can um she she's absolutely a a dynamic force. And I'm really looking forward to the tone of what She-Hulk can be with this idea of it being maybe a little bit more campy and breaking the fourth wall. So that's probably my number one pick for the the Disney Plus series that I'm looking forward to and probably my number one overall. Um, but in terms of movies, I, I got to go with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, probably just because it's it's fresh in my mind because we did see the trailer after Spider-Man and I love Wanda so much as you guys know from some of my picks here tonight and I'm so looking forward to seeing where her journey goes next and how that's going to interweave with the world of of Doctor Strange as well so yeah I'm very much looking forward to 2022. I think that It'll feel a little bit different. You know, we had nine installments this year. That was a lot of content in 2021. And it seems like with them doing three movies as opposed to four in this coming year, I, I think maybe that will be a, a little bit of a a good thing to to slow down the pace a little bit. So yeah. I'm I'm very excited.
0: It'll yeah. certainly make this task a whole lot easier yeah. next year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm so glad to get to hear that uh, perspective. And again, I I look forward to hearing it. I know you just recently did an episode on a retrospective and a little peek at what's to come. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Tara, thank you so much for joining us on this. This has been a blast.
1: Thank you, Trey. And thank you, Jude. It's always so much fun to collaborate with you guys, especially on tasks like this, which are both incredibly fun and also somewhat daunting and uh, cause us to do things like have multiple tabs open on our computers before we start and <laughs> out, which scenes from like, what are we going to choose? Um, so uh, always a blast. And uh, thank you so much for, for having me on the show.
0: Yeah. Thank you for coming. Yeah. And of course, if you're not familiar already, you should definitely be following Tara on social media. You can find them on both Twitter and Instagram at an idea underscore podcast. And if you're not subscribed to their podcast, there was an idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. You should definitely do so. We will have links to all those respective places in the show notes. And of course, uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can always reach us at MC You Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we recently just put out a post asking for your favorite scenes of 2021. And we had so many wonderful responses and it was so much fun to get to see uh, what was the most impactful for you all in 2021. So if you want to see some of those or answer your own, uh, make sure you're following us there and let us know.
2: Yeah, and be sure to scroll down on the show notes, click on the Discord. You can find a wonderful community to talk about a variety of things. And, of course, you be there for Marvel. So make sure you click on the Roll Assign or to the Marvel section. Click on the eye emojis to have access to all the spoiler channels. Um, and, of course, the best thing you can do for us, rating on... Ah, at this point, what, about a month, three weeks now? And on Spotify, or at least as we record, Apple Podcast, and please share with a friend. Yeah. We'd
0: also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on SoundCloud, which will be linked in the show notes. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. Tara and Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Tara.
1: Thank you, guys.
0: We'll see you all next week.
2: Um, now, my question is, you are completely two monitoring this thing and having like Black Widow in the second monitor, aren't you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're That's not, not a that note. far off. You are not that far off. <laughs> I, I had Black Widow up on another tab just a few minutes ago, and I do have up in another tab uh like my notes for when i did a black widow deep dive episode and you've totally nailed it that black widow is the one that i can't decide <laughs> on one scene from <laughs> so so yes jude you are uh, you're you're thinking along the the right lines there <laughs>
0: I love it. I can't wait to edit it. And I'm just going to hear scenes from the movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, I kind of liked when the movie started and and there was a middle section that was really cool. And the end was pretty (laughs) awesome too. Yeah. (laughs) So that's three spots right there. (laughs) Honorable mention, I think is the end credit. So there it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Oh man.